0: Do a podcast today what do you, Why shouldn't we do a podcast? Do you have something else in mind we should do instead?
1: Yep, yeah, I think we should uh, Get together, right? Once yeah. a week And talk about stuff that's happened And record yeah. ourselves doing it And then put those recordings together put some music on it And then publish that On the internet for people to listen to On, you know, iPods And iPhones and computers And that
2: that, that sounds like a much better idea.
0: See, yeah. you know, I, I could get very on board with this. Like, if, if we need a way to brand this, like, you know, it's just a spoken word um, musical track that has some music at the start and end, and there's just, like, a really long spoken word poetry it's, bit in the middle where we talk about our weeks.
2: It's a non-rhyming three-way collaborative rap.
0: Yeah, exactly. I think and so. We're just, we're just taking a very long, like, rap break with no
2: <clears throat> And because... Music. because- <laughs> Because it's rap music, and uh, now, that means no one can disagree with us because it's art. And if you disagree with our opinions here, you're officially censoring our art.
0: Yeah, don't tell us that this isn't music. This can be music if we want it to. Who's to say what is music and what is art?
1: (laughs) Don't go telling me my art
0: is bad. It, it art is subjective. There's no such thing as truly bad art. Therefore, you can't tell us that our a not podcast piece of music that's definitely a song and an hour long, isn't good because that's just subjective because it's art. Yeah, you know what will happen is is I will call you millennials
1: on Twitter, and yeah. I'll say f- I'll say millennials. Thinking that Frankenstein was misunderstood. <laughs> oh my god, I had such a good time seeing that story. That's oh. right, uh. Ga- Gavin. It was Gavin's Twitter that I first saw it on, and I. I could
2: not believe it. I I cannot yeah. believe these sensitive millennial snowflakes <laughs> and their proper <laughs> interpretations of simple literary themes. Oh, damn snowflakes! Goodness.
0: It 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 seemed like parody. Like I live in the UK. Like I'm I'm in the country that the sun is from. And like, you know, I I thought it was parody. I didn't believe the sun would do this. But like for anyone who do, hasn't seen. The Sun had a story on their website that was like snowflake SJW liberals think that that uh, Frankenstein was a sympathetic character who like you know was in a really like
2: you Frankens- know you should Frankenstein's yeah, what was monster.
0: Frankenstein. Sorry, yes, uh, yeah. I made a big literary mistake there. Uh, yeah, Frankenstein's monster was like. That's okay, a- Laura. At you know- least
2: that means you're not a snowflake. <laughs>
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, not That's one of them
2: getting books
1: wrong is the mark of a real, yeah. good, good, yeah. honest working
2: class being, Brit. Being yeah. being wrong, but being really arrogant about being wrong—that means, oh, yeah. means you're not a special snowflake. I should
0: have doubled down on it. No, I definitely meant Frank. Actually, to be fair, if their point was that like Frankenstein was like irredeemably did bad things, maybe they'd have had an argument. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, like, the whole point Like, no, that's, that's the point of the story Is Frankenstein's monster is presented As the monster, but truly the monster is man Like, there's meant To be some level of sympathy for Frankenstein's monster yeah. Yet they were like, oh, all these modern tw- two- 2010s Liberal SJW snowflakes ha- Thinking that, like, it's Sad what happened to Frankenstein's monster like, you, think this
1: is, you think this is bad though Right? Lately, there's a bunch of These liberal art students who are thinking that House Stark are like the good guys in Game of Thrones? Unbelievable! The amount of virtue signalling we get from these these fucking millennials with their avocados, their avocados, and they're thinking Ned Stark was treated <laughs> they're, badly. They're John
2: Snow goonie man beards.
1: Unbelievable. Anyway, welcome to Podquisition uh, or whatever it is. Um, I'm Jim Starling, I'm here with Laura Hello. Hello how are you? Yeah I'm all right. I'm uh, I'm just still in utter disbelief that, that Frankenstein's monster is sympathetic is now a liberal <laughs> viewpoint. Oh, um, and and I I can't
2: I can't say I was surprised. I was amu- highly amused, but not surprised. It's a two
0: hundred year old book. The sun. Two hundred years. People have agreed that that's the central theme of the book.
2: We we have the sun here as well, the Irish sun. I I'm pretty sure there's a big crossover with the British one. I think it's it. There there would be a lot of the same stuff in it. Just they change around a lot of the kind of colloquial stories and things. But yeah. it's never been renowned for its. Um, intelligence as a as a publication.
0: No. Yeah. It's, it's, it's mostly like,
1: it's, known for <clears throat> having tits on the page three.
0: Yeah, yeah. It, it's not the front cover, but you turn the first page and then there's some tits. And that's mostly what people know the Sun I mean, for. And me, then me, also they get angry at SJW's for thinking that Frankenstein is a book about about sympathy for a for the monster. Yeah. Uh <laughs> I'm, really, I'm in a very weird, tired mood today. I'm just like really tired. It's a weird old day today.
2: Yeah, I'm well, completely fucked, as I said before the podcast.
0: <laughs> that falls to me to
1: mm. produce high energy and lead this podcast with a plum. Yeah. So apologies in advance for that. <laughs> but. What might pick us up is talking about video games
0: Ooh, Isn't that exciting That for, is for exciting, look at that, we made it to video games in about 6 minutes um, That ain't bad What video games do we want to talk about today? Um, well you want to talk about Celeste
1: Yeah and You've probably played a lot more of it than I have I've played uh, like the first 3 levels or so I, So I've, I've not gotten
0: I've... super far I've played about 25 hours of it and oh, mm, it's a good I game. Like that game. Yeah, it's, a lot so, of played. it's pretty damn good. Yeah, Celeste is a game that came out like a month, maybe 6 weeks or so ago and like I only picked it up this past week and for anyone who's completely unaware of it, it's basically a very difficult side-scrolling 2D platformer. Think you're sort of like Super Meat Boy type thing where it's all very twitch precision platforming uh it's very limited in the controls you have you've got a jump a dash and you can hold on to to walls for a certain amount of time and it's basically get through these these platforming challenges that get very very difficult as it goes on mm-hmm. and there's a couple of things that i think are really special about this particular game um one of them is the way that it treats its difficulty, and like this is the thing I I talked about a bit this week after I finished playing it. Um, that game doesn't have like a "get good, you suck" mentality about player death. It no, it really... actually tells
1: you in the loading yeah. screen
0: that they're they're like a badge of honor. It's like be proud
1: of your deaths because they're they're showing that you're learning. I will just mm. say, I didn't learn too much when I I'm dying. As much as I am, and then just, like, holding my middle finger, pressing it against the Switch's screen. like, fuck you! But it is, <laughs> it is encouraging to the player. Yeah. It, um, as, as even as you, if it can be
0: frustrating. Yeah. As, as it goes on, it does more of that kind of thing. Like, there's a vignette not too far in where, like... Uh, how do I put this? A lot of the themes about the player character uh, in the narrative are tied into this idea of trying to help you as a player feel good about you know your progress through the game like as you said there is like that loading screen that's like hey be proud of your deaths because every one of those is a time that you failed and tried again and kept going and you know but there's also stuff like at one point the character has a bit of a panic attack and you end up like going through this sequence about like remembering to breathe in slowly in and out and that then goes into talking about like hey getting exhausted and frustrated tends to make people make mistakes and like sometimes just don't stress about the fact you're you know struggling with a problem just walk away from it and come back to it a little later there's just That's a lot good of nice... advice for Celeste yeah that, there's a that lot because there are
1: yeah sorry go on i was just going to say there are some moments where you really do want to take a bit of a breather from it because it can... It it is... You know, it has that Super Meat Boy thing where, you know, you can... You'll die straight away and you're right back at the beginning and you're sort of encouraged to keep playing. Although there are some more uh, scrolly screens where dying just as you get to the 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 end of it is such a fucking soul crusher
0: possibly Uh, those pick me ups are are very well advised for the game i i think that it does a good job of like most of the the screens are very short and it's just here is like one screen of puzzle do that some of them are lengthier particularly towards the end of stages but like I feel like they always feel accomplishable. Like you end up making oh, yeah, small yeah. amounts of progress, and you can see, like, I am getting further. I am getting further. Um, yeah, like I
1: said, I've not played a, a huge deal in, but I'm, I've not gotten to a point where I'm like, this feels hopeless. It is sort of, I know that this can be done, and I know how to do this. Yeah. It's just getting it done, uh, or you know, looking at the screen, what can I do from this position? And then, working out you know the optimal way of getting to the the end of it and just yeah. sol- uh, you know solving a, a a little environmental puzzle um what surprises me is how lengthy the levels themselves can be, like each mm. one feels like by the time I've done it, I'm torn between not wanting to put it down and wanting to take that break like because <laughs> it just feels like such a journey each individual stage and i'm quite I'm quite impressed with that like. You'd you'd imagine each level to be pretty sort of in and out, um, but for something that's especially on the Switch as well, like it can get really engrossing and, and detailed,
2: and yeah. the story
1: sections can uh, they they help the pacing of each stage along really nicely, so each one just feels like a very complete, self-contained
0: adventure. Yeah, I I must say I do really enjoy the the narrative that's told. Like I don't want to like ruin too much about it, but you play as this uh, this woman who basically has decided she wants to climb a really big mountain because she's like, hey, I need to feel like I've achieved something and my life's kind of in a rut, so I'm going to go climb that mountain just to prove that I can. And there's a lot of very positive themes about, like, dealing with mental health that are discussed throughout it and sort of, like, looking at... The mentality behind, you know, sometimes just wanting to feel like you can do something. And I very much enjoyed the way that it tied its story in with its mechanics. Like, it's it's just a really sweet game.
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, from what I've played so far, the, the music's really nice. The mm. character design is very endearing. Um, and yeah, yeah, it just... It's roped me in more than similar games. Yeah, Like, you know, I've played Super Meat Boy, but I never really felt compelled to stick with it. Like, I played it yeah. for a fair while, you know, um, got to some secret places, got to s- some boss stuff, and I was like, you know, this is all fun <clears throat> and, and everything, but it didn't, it didn't keep me dangling. Mm-hmm. Uh, and a lot of those games, eventually, I just sort of
2: think, those, eh, those, I, I could... Those kind of games, for me, are just, like, They're everything I don't play games for I don't play games for challenge And skill and
0: Overcoming an
2: obstacle I play games to relax and enjoy a story And go into a nice world
0: For me this game really got that balance Right because like The narrative was there to like To make me feel good About those attempts and to make me feel Good about that sort of Try 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 again it wasn't beating me over the head With it I Um, think that's the secret to Celeste that's making
1: it so much more engaging than a lot of similar games Because a lot of similar games are focused so much On that challenge and level design Um, which is fine But it, if you're there If, if you're more gripped by story There's not a lot of meat there for you But Celeste mm. Backs up the, the really Intricate, clever level design and the sense of Challenge with Um, really, uh engaging characters once really easy to identify with and and a much deeper story than i expected going in because i i I very specifically didn't hear much mm. about it all i heard was a lot of people just saying celeste celeste play celeste
0: yeah i was hearing Um, a lot of like 10 out of 10s for celeste and being like okay i'm not gonna read anything i'm just gonna play it
1: yeah so i went into it sight unseen and was was pretty surprised by uh the, the writing that they have backing up the the rest of it, yeah. which is, you know, even if you strip that away, you've got a very good, tight platformer in that Super Meat Boy vein, in that sort of, you know, if you want to call it hardcore, you know, go ahead sort of game style. But the added narrative and characterization that goes on top of that just makes it... Yeah way more compelling and, and really it's, makes me want to keep playing it
0: it's, it's all just really endearing characters like right at the bottom of the mountain you meet that sort of old lady living living on the mountain who just yeah cackles at you and like seems to be having the best time and also maybe like slightly terrifying or there's like the first time you find a fireplace and there's another mountain climber and you just sit and have a chat by a campfire with them for a bit and yeah it's all just really nice so yeah that I Oh, that was the other thing I was going to say about Celeste It has really nice um, Tweakable Difficulty options And accessibility options available Which I have been making some use of uh, While going back to Hunt for Secrets So If you reach a challenge and you're just like I just cannot get past this And I do not think I can progress And I'm frustrated and there is nothing I can do There are options to do things like Turn the game speed down slightly, so you can turn it down to like ninety percent eighty percent speed so that you have slightly more control over like doing those those jumps if you're stuck, or you can give yourself an extra dash if you need to, and these are all toggles that you can just turn on and off and that the game doesn't punish you for using, and they're kind of there to be like, "Are you bashing your head against this and not having fun? okay, here's some tools get through that puzzle, have fun getting through that puzzle, keep going.
2: That's a really interesting approach to difficulty that I would love to see more games do. Um mm. the only one that comes immediately to mind for me is the 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 remake of Thief. Not yeah. not the best game in the world, but the way they approached difficulty in that game was fantastic. You could really tailor it to your the experience that you wanted. You could change yeah. everything from like do you know what? It's been a long time since I played it. <laughs> I just remember it, it had a lot of options yeah. for difficulty. The, it wasn't. It wasn't hard. Normal. Easy. It yeah. was this option, that option, this option, that. And it, I think that's a great approach to.
0: Mm, to it, it reminds me a lot of things like uh, Bravely Default, where you could tweak things like the the enemy encounter rates. Where if you just wanted to like get back and forth to a place quickly, you could just turn off the random encounters, so you could get there and get back without being hassled. Um, yeah. Like what I've been doing with the... I finished the main the main story of Celeste and I've been going back through doing a lot of hunting for, for various secrets and things like that. And one thing that I've been doing is turning on invincibility and infinite dashes, uh, basically to go through rooms that I know I've completed already and that I'm like, yep, I know how to do that challenge. I'm not going to, you know, waste my time redoing it. Zoom through those rooms and be like, oh, there's a secret I never went and got previously. Turn off the invincibility, turn off the infinite dashing. That's very useful. Go try and do that yeah. secret. And it's mm. it's really incentivized me going back to do those hunting for secrets. Um, mm-hmm. One of the big things in the game is you've got these, like, strawberries that you can collect, and they are completely optional. They're just there for bragging rights. And mm. a lot of them I skipped in my first playthrough, but now I've completed it. I'm like, yeah, I'll just infinity invincible dash around the rooms until i see oh i never went and got that strawberry turn off uh, turn off those those things and try and do that challenge that i skipped over earlier
1: that's another thing the game does early as well is to basically tell you to not sweat the strawberries because they are there and yeah inclination is to go out of your way to get them and even in like you know the early stages Some of them are quite deliberately placed in ways that let you know that this is purely for uh, the challenge of it. And then uh, a loading screen quite early on, you know, uses those exact words, bragging rights, they're they're not there for completionists. Well, I mean, they're for the completionists, but they're not required for the game itself.
0: I, I think in my first playthrough I got maybe 24 strawberries, and, like, I've gone back now and I've got, like, 60 or something Mm-hmm. Uh there's also like every level Has like a remixed more difficult Uh b-side mode Where it's all the same assets redone Into more difficult things that you can unlock There's like a post game that I'm Currently like finding the items to go Unlock there's There's just a lot of game here and I'm really enjoying it Yeah
1: yeah it's It's impressive stuff and uh, like I said I'm I'm nowhere near as, as far as you But what I've played so far has been Really cool um Glad I got it on the Switch, because that's a, a really good game to jump into, and, and spend yeah. a good a good while sort of on the in my it's, little
0: armchair, just just playing and tinkering with it. It's uh, not the kind yeah, of game really I, I'd necessarily want to sit down dedicated on the TV to, but I've enjoyed being able to just jump in and out of it.
1: Yeah. I haven't messed with that difficulty stuff yet, but that that kind of, like, giving people options in difficulty that aren't just straightforward, you know, normal, easy, hard, etc., mm. um, it's a very Nintendo school of design, uh, and I'm, I'm glad to see other companies doing it. Um, but, you know, it goes all the way back to like you know Silent Hill letting you choose a different option for difficulty in combat and puzzles, uh, where I play Silent Hill games normally, and then when I do subsequent ones, because I don't want to fuck about with puzzles, I'm not a puzzle yeah. guy, I turn that difficulty down and, you know, leave the combat where it is, or, you know, I can... T- Turn that up to hard if I want the combat to be tougher, um, and I just think from from a basic accessibility standpoint, it's crucial. I think that games consider that more. Yeah. Because uh, obviously, the more open your game is, the more people are going to play and enjoy it. And I know some people complain about well, if it's easy, it won't. You know, there's no point to it. But I'm like, if you're not good enough at games to where you need these options, then it's still gonna be plenty hard for you, even mm-hmm. on an easier mode. Yeah, um, and you the, know there there are people
2: with eye hand coordination issues. Um, I have I have terrible hand. Like I have the like if you look at for example Mario Odyssey, right? Mm. One of the huge reasons that was one of my favorite Mario games is because when it got to a platforming section that was driving me crazy, I could just turn on the guided thing. Yeah, and then if I fell, I, I didn't die. I that for me that. That it increased my enjoyment of Mario game tenfold. Yeah. The and, fact that I didn't die from falling, which I do a, a lot, you know? That's
0: a that's a thing that I really hope games like Celeste start to normalise. This idea of it's okay to turn on those modes as long as... I, if that helps you have more fun, then do it. Like, yeah. I also have really and, bad hand-eye you... coordination. Like, I had to do special coordination classes at school because, like, I... Just couldn't make my hands do what they were supposed to. It's like, yeah, yeah sometimes been, I turn on easier modes and I have fun.
2: I've been playing guitar for like nearly twenty years, and I still can't do the solo in Enter Sandman. You know, I, I just no matter how much I practice, there's certain my hands just. I spent ten days worth of of time playing Call of Duty Four, and still rarely ever finished first in a game. You know, some people just don't have natural innate ability to be. Uh what's the word I'm looking for? <laughs> agile? No, not agile. <laughs> Skillful.
0: Dexterous. Uh, dexterous.
2: Dexterous, yes, exactly. Yeah. I, so, I, yeah. I, I never play Dark Souls dexterity build. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so yeah, point point to everyone. Don't don't be shitting on people who like use yeah. accessibility options if it makes them have more fun. Yeah, Take that, a leaf out of Celeste's book.
2: And to say, people with cool. disabilities as yeah. well. You know? Again, like Making yeah. more options for for anyone because you never know what might be impeding someone from enjoying a game. So why not give yeah. the most options? And and I I totally respect anyone that wants the challenge and that's what they find fun. But if you yeah. don't want, if you want to gatekeep other f- people from it, you're just being a dick.
0: Yeah. One one of the options in Celeste I've seen a lot of people uh, talking about on Twitter as being really useful for them with disabilities is turning off the uh, the stamina in Celeste where if you're held onto a, a wall or another surface, if you hold on for too long, basically just nope, you fall because you you mm-hmm. couldn't keep your grip. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of people saying being able to turn off that so that when they're gripped on a wall, they can just take a second to breathe and like take their time before they start jumping again yeah. has been really helpful for them. And like that stuff's really, mm-hmm. I'm really glad that that's options. So, yeah, Yeah, I mean, I
1: can't... I I hadn't even... I didn't know it was that extensive. I've not looked at the difficulty options yet, but I'm going to have to have a route around now. Um, I don't know if I necessarily... Because I I like to play as default as possible. But certainly for frustrating things, knowing that feature is there is very useful. Well, that's that's what I do. And I'm I'm not someone who has any sense of shame using that stuff if I'm really stuck somewhere, you know?
0: Yeah, I, I really... I tried to play as much of Celeste as possible without using any of those options. I mainly used them for speeding back through rooms later. But there, yeah, I'm not ashamed to say there are a couple of rooms in Celeste that I spent like long enough on that I was like, I can't make my hands do the thing. I'm at the last jump. I can see it. I can't make my hands do it. I'm <laughs> gonna turn. I'm gonna turn the speed down ten percent and try again. And I would it, argue yeah.
1: getting angry and gatekeepy at that. Would go against the spirit of Celeste anyway. Yeah. Considering its whole thing is rooted in not feeling bad if you can't nail something. Yeah, about
0: perseverance. F- fucking snowflakes.
2: <laughs>
0: <laughs> I bet you uh... think the monster was the good guy. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so Gavin, what have you been playing this week?
2: I played the DLC for Assassin's Creed Origins. Which Which DLC is this? The Hidden Ones. It actually came out a couple of weeks back, but I just was so engrossed in um, Divinity at that point that I kind of waited. But um, it's it's just more Assassin's Creed Origins. It doesn't really add anything new. It's a new piece of map and a new piece of story, which is all right, but it was just a nice uh, excuse to go back to my second favorite game of last year. So that was cool.
0: Yeah, I I really enjoyed Origins, but I've like not looked at any of the DLC that's happened. So like, yeah. how how does this one feel to jump back into like after a bit of a gap from the game?
2: Uh, easy, nice and easy, and it is um mm. it raises the level cap, so it is quite. You do need to be like level forty to attempt it, but it mm. lets you kind of get stronger as you go along. It's you know it's it it's pretty much exactly the same as the main game. There's three guys you have to lure out. By assassinating them to kill the main guy And uh, you meet up with A certain character From the main game And there's a lovely moment later In that Ezio. T- <laughs> I wish <laughs> Well that's funny actually Because at, at this little kind of emotional moment In the story they start playing that theme Like the Ezio's theme uh, Like the uh, uh, And that was when I was like <laughs> This is getting me right in the fields. <laughs> so that was pretty cool They did. Uh, that's one thing I thought they did Nicely in the story in, in that game It got a bit of flack in the reviews I, I saw Because yeah it wasn't the most interesting Story ever but I thought Bayek was a cool character and on a purely Like emotional uh, Hitting the emotional beats I think it, they did that in the best way Since Assassin's Creed 2 and Brotherhood did Nice, bizarre yeah. I'm, so I'm, I'm fi- glad finally, to hear that. That's, yeah. Finally uh, one that's b- what that's like almost as good as um, Jim's beloved Assassin's Creed 2. <laughs>
1: oh yeah. Best best game I've ever played, mate. <laughs> uh,
2: so what what else have we
0: got on the thing this week? Uh I ooh, know
2: ooh, 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 Oh, sorry Laura. I'm oh. interrupting you again now. No, go ahead.
0: Go ahead. Say the thing.
2: Speaking of Ubisoft, I heard news this week that Far Cry 5 is going to follow that mold and not have a load of uh, climbable watchtowers and guff on the map. So that's encouraging. I, I, hope I believe that's it when I
0: see it. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm always happy when I hear that Ubisoft are doing slightly fewer of their their like Ubisoft things that they do just because it's a Ubisoft game, not necessarily because it's good for the game itself. Yeah, yeah. I,
1: I, so I that's a problem with Ubisoft's in-house stuff is they just... They found a formula several years ago, and only now are they trying to diversify and branch away from what really was turning into a it looked like a, a video game mill mm. they were just pressing they like, when it when you were even doing equivalents of radio towers in the crew in a fucking <laughs> racing game it- and the plot was still another. Angry man avenges dead family
0: it, member it was In a racing game It was different coats of paint Over the same basic like Package and mm. Yeah I'm glad to see them like Using some of those things a little more Sparingly even if it is just Perhaps because people kept mocking the fact That those things happened every time
2: I, I have to say I know I'm a fanboy and everything But I personally Never had an issue with the whole Climb Towers to to look at your area Because uh, I don't know I, I just, Even I feel, in Breath of the Wild you did it in a much better yeah. way You know, I
0: feel like it works better In some Ubisoft games than others um, yeah. They just got lazy with it like, yeah. like
1: a lot of their formulaic stuff They It just got to an extreme Where it was just oh here's Like Assassin's Creed Unity was the worst for it It was just a map so clogged With recycled Copy pasted Mm-hmm. Busy work. Oh yeah, that. But I was put off like, from wanting to play it.
2: That map looked like you know when you go out, get really drunk, eat a load of vindaloo, and then puke the next morning. That's what yeah. That map it was a, like.
1: honestly a dumpster fire of a I, map. It hmm. was fucking dreadful. I
0: I think the issue wasn't necessarily with them being map towers, but it was some of the execution. Like if you look at say Horizon Zero Dawn, they found a way to like make it fit into the, the theming of the world and made it interesting see, I liked to try that. and get to the top of. Like I, I liked that. Um and the collectibles
2: liked... in that game were, were quite rare as well. There yeah. were hundreds and of them.
0: I liked Breath of the World's version where it was like here is the topography of the map. Yeah. You can ping things from here and like make notes of things you can see from the tower, but we're not gonna suddenly highlight uh, where everything is and leave it in you know a bit of a mystery.
2: Honestly, like I think Breath of the Wild did it the best way But I, I also I kind of agree. Understand that that approach Probably wouldn't work in a game like Horizon And it especially yeah. wouldn't work in a game Like Assassin's oh, Creed I'm, I'm, Because I'm in Breath of the Wild yeah. there's the Complete freedom but yeah, I, yeah, I think it was, I, they, they did it best
0: Yeah I'm not saying that it that's a, like a, a Fit all kind of solution But mm. I think that was the problem with, with The Ubisoft ones is it was just here is the, the the tower that is the same to climb as as normal, and it will tell you where everything is now. Here yeah. are all of the things. Go do these hundred things we exactly. just pinged on your map.
2: Whereas in Breath of the Wild, you would climb the tower and look around, and you would see something in the distance, and you know that if you want to find out what it is, you're going to go have to investigate. Yeah, like Which if you're lucky,
0: cruel. you might spot two or if three you're lucky, shrines. It, <laughs> yeah,
2: <laughs> if you're if you're lucky, it's not a shrine. The thing that you're looking at. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Uh, so other things we've played this week I know both me and Jim have played a bit of uh, Kirby Star Allies uh, Jim's played some of the demo I've played some of the demo And I've started playing some of the review version Which I can talk preview thoughts for I I, yeah. I I can talk Limited thoughts about at the moment
1: I know code's been out for a while but Nintendo's One of those ones I long since gave up Trying to get yeah. code for so I'll just be buying it I, um, I'll be
0: honest I'm amazed they send me code still <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, yeah, that is a surprise. Here's the thing: like they didn't for the longest time, and then they did when I started at Kotaku, and then for a little while they didn't, and now they're sending me code again. So I'm like, okay, I think I think <laughs> they're okay with me right
1: now. They're they're weird anyway. Like they they did not know what to do with me for the longest time, <laughs> and then I just was like, you know what? Forget it. I'll just fucking buy the shit. Um, but yeah, what I have played of it with just the demo. Uh pretty much confirmed that I'm yet to get tired of Kirby games Mm. they manage to do enough each time um, so that even though you're structurally playing the same game uh, the gimmickry around, I mean it's pretty Nintendo-ish as well in it's design and that the structure's the same but the the toys in the box are uh, given a, a fresh coat of paint something different to do in this one, the conceit is being able to uh, throw hearts at enemies and make them your little friends. It, it's such and a Nintendo gimmick. And you can combine gimmick. their skills it, with your <laughs> current abilities that you know your copy abilities. Yeah. And it, you know, like if you've got a sword, you can raise it up. And if you're friends with a guy, you know, one of the fiery guys, they can give you a fiery sword. It's mm-hmm. simple stuff like that. But yeah, and then sometimes the enemies will, or the enemies that turned friends can help each other, uh, and and. Give each other new attacks and stuff, so it's pretty fun. Like just finding out the different ways in which Kirby
0: and the allied enemies can work together. Yeah, it's it's a very Nintendo thing to just be like the gimmick is make some friends. Um, <laughs> it it is mechanically basically like another Kirby game. Go absorb the the enemies or make the enemies your friends. Use the abilities from different enemies. Use those to progress, and. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, it's a gorgeous game; like it looks so good, such it's a really pretty, such yeah. a pretty looking game. Um, I would say that, like talking specifically about the demo, the content, even the content marked hard in the demo, is pretty easy. I never felt like I was at any risk of dying in the hard section of the demo. And, like that's, yeah that's fair Kirby yeah. games are never really difficult it, exactly it's just like go in knowing that because like there's a place in in my gaming life for that where if I just want to like listen to a podcast and like play a, a game that's just gonna be like nice fun things happening on screen and never never be too challenging but like constantly be joyous, I think there's definitely a space for that. Yeah.
1: I think there's a reason why Kirby, especially out of all Nintendo's properties, have been very uh, handheld focused. And it's because of that, because they really are just simple, cheerful platformer games that you can just fuck about in and not worry too much about uh, you know, being punished or challenged too much. Um, that makes it really good for just something quick to play on the go and and i think that's what's what's made it a really good portable success and why i hopefully it'll do really well on the switch cuz it it works so well in handheld mode for that very reason um just playing the demo like i would happily play those demo levels again if i didn't have other stuff on the switch i'm playing through for work stuff um but yeah, I'm really looking forward to the full release because it just looks like more Kirby yeah. more fucking about in uh, a really bright cheerful little world
0: I I, I do want to throw out like uh, and again uh, I'll be clear here I'm talking about the demo. Um, I played through some of the demo um with someone else in co-op. Uh, one of the things is like while you can take over these these enemies with with hearts and put them as part of your team. You can then have a co-op player like jump in and control the co-op enemy-turned-friend. Mm-hmm. Um, so it works relatively well. I will point out for anyone that's planning to pick this up to play co-op, there are a couple of ways in which like Player 2 won't have quite the same experience as Player 1. So Player 1 is the only player who's playing as a Kirby. And because of that, they're the only player who can just at will absorb enemies to, like, whenever they want, change their ability. So, like, if if player two wants to change their ability, they'll have to ask player one, can you throw a heart at that enemy? And then when it selects which ally to switch out, switch out with me so that I get that ability.
1: Yeah, this seems more like, you know quote-unquote co-op as seen in, like, Sonic, like the original Sonics. Yeah. Where one of you is Tails, and you're there mas- mostly just to help player one who actually has yeah. all the control.
0: It, it's kind of like that. Like, in, say, boss fights, um, you've got, like, fairly open ability to use your attacks and, and to help out competitively in the boss fight. The other thing is that player two or, like, co-op players don't really have the option to explore very far away from player one um yeah player one as kirby controls the screen um if if player two or i guess more players than that try and move too far away the screen doesn't like zoom out at all to like allow them to get a little way apart it doesn't like it there's no concessions made if player two is left behind, they are warped up to player one to catch up with the mm-hmm. camera. Um, yeah. Like you are tails. That, that's the simple it, answer yeah. is you are tails in this. And that's not necessarily going to be a bad thing for everyone, but just bear that in mind if you're picking this up as a co-op experience.
1: Yeah. So. I
0: imagine there's some fun in it just to
1: dick around and play as one of the enemies. Like there's, there's, there's a novelty yeah. in that, but I couldn't see it. It, it's clearly not a, a full-ball yeah. co-op experience like the... Uh, I forget which one they did. I think it may have been a Wii U one, but they had a full-ball, you know, four-character mm. co-op game, and this is not that it's not, from it's, everything I've yeah, seen. Yeah,
0: it's not quite that. Also, the, the co-op players aren't terribly well distinguished visually from each other, which can make it a little more difficult to tell who's who, uh, which isn't mm-hmm. a problem for the Kirby player, because they're the only Kirby. Like, I... You Sorry, I
2: was looking at news on my phone <laughs> <laughs> That's
0: alright I yeah, wasn't like... looking
2: at Stormy Daniel's videos It was actual <laughs> Twitter news So,
0: <laughs> Part of me thinks with this That like this might have been More enjoyable if the co-op players Could also be Kirby's uh, Just like different coloured Kirby's But I get that that's not the gimmick this time
1: yeah, that's clearly not what they were going for on this one. Um, yeah. Which is cool. It's just, yeah, like, just prepare for the Sonic Tales dynamic yeah. rather than an equal footing.
0: Uh, oh, the games this week. Jim, you played one called Detention.
1: Yeah, yeah, this is another Switch one. Uh, I realise it's kind of Switch heavy, uh, with our discussions, but, uh, I'll keep it brief because there's not a huge deal to say. I've been looking for a good horror game. I want to play a good horror game on the Switch. Um,. I don't want to play Outlast again. I've played that too many times. Um, so I, I, I didn't get it, so I can't speak to the port quality. I've heard a couple of the ports lately on the Switch have been a bit
0: dodgy, like Payday 2 apparently isn't very good. Uh, um, payday 2's mainly, like, missing some content. It's not, like, up-to-date with the other versions. Ah. Uh, uh, yeah. Well, hardly surprising.
1: Disappointing, but unsurprising. Um... But yeah, Detention was recommended to me because I've been looking for a horror game. I tried to play uh, Hollow, which is a Switch game. That is just it wants desperately to be a first-person Dead Space, and it fucking ain't. Uh, couldn't recommend it. It looks looks and feels cheap, and and it's just rubbish. It has a terrible in-game map. Um, so I I just warned people off it on Twitter, and a couple of people brought up Detention, which is a side-scrolling <laughs> horror game. Um, Typically not the kind of art style I like. Uh, I don't like the animation where things are very clearly uh, 2D characters that move like cutouts. like Almost like South Park, but a bit more detailed than, than South Park. Um, typically I'm not fond of those things, but it had a sort of... Uh, it reminded me a lot of Jasper Burns' uh, game, that, uh, Lone Survivor. Uh, I don't know why I forgot the name of one of my favourite ever games. Uh, it's got a bit of that feel to it. Um, clearly, Cribs a lot from familiar horror games. like The way you avoid enemies is hold your breath, and then they can't see you, so you walk past them. Um, very deep uh, influences from Asian culture and whatnot. Um, and very... Uh, Unnerving sound design and an enemy design. The they're, they're called the lingered, I think, or the lingering. Um, basically, ghost schoolgirls and all of the all of that kind of stereotypical horror uh, that you uh, associate with ghost schoolgirls. Um, but it's it's got a nice atmosphere to it, and the story is uh, subtle is, but interesting so far. Is
2: ghost schoolgirls a genre? <laughs>
1: I mean they've been used so many times they're, in
2: uh, in horror that they may as well be
0: they're a horror trope at the
1: very least. Yeah. Um but yeah yeah it's it's you getting around this school that you're trapped in um with these sort of black shadowy stooping uh schoolgirl ghosts that are just and you got to keep your breath held and walk past them. Uh, and without obviously running out of breath So there's sort of tenseness every time you're getting past them um, And I'm I'm always interested in 2D horror games Because Lone Survivor was very clever in how it Made a, a 2D pixely looking game Nonetheless very atmospheric and scary And this one is really relying very heavily on the sound To make it un- a, an unnerving experience But they're doing pretty well with it so far Everything I've played so far has uh, been pretty promising. Um, Very dark, very dark, like in terms of tone. Mm. There's some grisly fucking shit that you're expected to do pretty near the beginning. Uh, And things are only hinted to get darker from there. So I'll see how it goes. Um, Not yet sure if it's worth doing a video on, but we'll find out soon enough, I'm sure. But yeah, it so far it's it's giving me a, a an interesting horror game to play on the Switch. I haven't decided fully if it's good yet or not, but mm. Detention is worth at least checking out, see if you're into that sort of thing.
0: Nice, yeah, I was looking at a trailer for it this week, it definitely looks interesting. It's one of those, like, I want to get around to it, but I feel like there's too many games right now. Yeah, I think that's one issue It's one of those, like, there are too many things I need to get round to I will get round to this in a bit Yeah, Yeah,
1: there's a lot of games right now that risk getting lost in the shuffle
2: Coming into this year, it was kind of, um, there was a feeling, at least for me of There's not much stuff coming out this year But it it seems to be really the opposite There is a, a lot of stuff coming out that it's hard to keep up again
1: yeah, I, I would say there's a lot coming out, but not a lot that's grabbing me. Mm. Um, there just seems There's a deluge of available games right now, but very few that actually have my attention. And I feel like we're going to see a lot of games be viewed as very underrated mm. this year, because yeah, a lot of them the, are just struggling to get attention.
2: The three games I've put the most time into this year... Two of them were from 2017, and one of them was a remake. So,
1: yeah, honestly, that's been a lot of my gaming this year is like mm. discovering stuff that came out last year, mm. um, or waiting for games that were on Steam but got buried by Steam's mm. algorithms and and avalanche of Steam Direct games. Yeah. Uh, the Let's, I don't la- see them till they end up on like the PlayStation Store or something.
2: Last year was like Santa Claus's sleigh exploded over your house. It was crazy Yeah,
1: it's, it's getting tough It's getting tougher for, for games in general To get a look in yeah. I know um, one game recently I forget the name of it Just to show you how much attention games are getting uh, One game recently went uh, Started distributing itself An older version of itself I say that as if the game became self-aware. I and mean, the developers apparently started distributing the game to Pirates, an older version, in the hopes they might buy the newer version because it went just unseen when it went to Steam.
0: Yeah, it is... We're entering a period where, like, we've not had many big releases this year, but we've had a lot of interesting, smaller things fighting for attention. Um, in terms of, like, small stuff fighting for attention, there is one game I want to give a shout-out to that's not out yet, but had a trailer today that, like, is on my radar and I think people should keep an eye out for uh, It is called Headspun And it is a British made indie game That's like It seems to be kind of like the movie Inside Out If it was about a teenage boy um, And the whole idea is that like It's a mix of 2D animation and FMV And that you're making decisions About how to guide this sort of teenage boy through life And the art style and the presentation seem really interesting. There's a trailer for it up today. I'm like, that that is on my radar, and I need to remember not to forget to play it. I need to remember <laughs> to play that when it comes out.
2: There's not a whole lot of uh, AAA this year, is there? Far Cry is the only one in the immediate future I can think of. Well, they're all
1: looking to turn their games into services now. They oh. don't need many new games coming out, because the few they want to put out this year, they intend to Basically use those to farm cash
2: Let destiny and the division Be a lesson against that
1: Well it won't (laughs) Uh, It won't be Um, There there are going to be a lot more industrial Corpses left behind uh, Before the lesson is learned I think
2: Someone asked me an interesting question On Twitter this week actually I was was given out about People blaming video Games for violence and all that Nonsense and Mm. someone said Do you think they're is any similarity between that and asking for games loot box stuff to be regulated? And I would say no, that it's not similar because there's demonstrable evidence that gambling harms people. Mm. Um. Now, how yeah, I how mean, far just... you go in 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 regulating against that? That is definitely a difficult discussion. But yeah,
1: yeah. Well, I mean, I just say if you if if you're using all the the tricks and the tools that have been regulated in the gambling industry then you should be subject to gambling restrictions It's, yeah. it's, it's yeah. to me it's pretty simple yeah. but then I also just have a major contempt for major game corporations so a lot of <laughs> my answers are simple because a lot of them are just fuck them, yeah. sell them at yeah. the bloody and, river, and they if, do the
2: same to us if there were a, a game that literally the message in it was you should go out and shoot up a school then yes I think that game should be regulated you know Isn't that basically what
0: hatred was?
2: (laughs) I I wouldn't even put hatred on that list because hatred was just a stupid like. It didn't actually push that message at you. You know, it was just a stupid
1: yeah. For that game to have glorified (laughs) violence, there would have had to have been
0: anything in that game you could vaguely describe as glorious, (laughs) instead of just dismal and dull. Uh, very quickly, I had a look at what sort of stuff's coming out in the next month or two um, Not necessarily a huge game, but one that I'm interested in And the thing that's going to get me to drag my 3DS out is Detective Pikachu comes out in a couple of weeks Oh my god, I'd forgotten all I about know. that I like, know, I've been watching the trailers for that recently and it looks kind of hilarious I'm like, I, I, need, to, I need to play this um, mm-hmm. uh, The stuff we've got What's uh, that you, on,
2: Laura, on the Switch? Is uh, right?
0: The 3DS All right so it seems like it's going to be like the last big 3DS game. And it's got a talking Pikachu with voice acting. Do you,
2: and do yeah. you have time in your life for another mobile Pokemon game? That is the question. <laughs>
0: <laughs> um, but yeah, there's uh, Yakuza 6 is coming out early next month.
2: Uh, that looks, inter- oh, yeah, that I, looks interesting. Funnily
0: enough, I got
1: a code for that the day I put my Jimquisition out this Monday about Yakuza. So
0: I've got that downloaded actually while uh, we're talking. God of War is, like, middle of next month. Is it? Yeah, what? it's, what, April 20th? So that's, oh, what, geez, five five weeks away?
2: completely forgotten about that.
0: I know, that feels like an end-of-year game, doesn't it? Mm. Um, or and... At least
2: a summer... How do we all feel yeah. about it? I I have to say, I was watching a couple of gameplay trailers, and the child really was a turn off for me.
0: I I he, don't... Was, he
2: seemed like an incredibly irritating uh NPC.
0: I still feel like you're not going to have the child and the and Kratos both around for very long. That's still yeah. my suspicion. Um and the one that I'm oddly excited for is Nintendo Labo is in about 5 weeks and I am 100% going to like pick that up and do just a, a Twitch live stream of me building cardboard toys for the Switch because i I'm an adult, and I can do that,
2: I think yeah. it's the fair good thing to say, is, is
0: Nintendo can't copyright claim
1: cardboard,
2: think, so do all the videos you want. I think it's fair to say anyone in or listening to this podcast doesn't have a problem with being an overgrown child
0: <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's that's a couple of things, like Yakuza and and God of War are in the next month or so, yeah. so we like got things, things
1: happen yeah. things happen a bit more when when we're out of March, yeah. But, like, I've got, I'll just say this, I've got four contenders right now for this year's shittiest games of 2018, <laughs> and I've got nothing, nothing for the the actual, like, the, the good game awards. Right no. now,
0: Celeste is the one thing that I'm like, this feels special, and I hope that I still feel this way come the end of the year. Of of the games I'm playing, Celeste is the only one
1: that um has has the potential, I just need to play more of it. Yeah. And see if it it lives up to that potential. But outside of... Celeste is the only penciled in possibility. I've got four fucking games already for (laughs) the shittiest list. And we're not even out of March. I
2: can't think of anything this year either that would make it into my top... uh, I mean, Monster Hunter was fun, but ultimately too grindy for my tastes.
0: Monster Uh, Hunter World I had a lot of fun with, but like... mm. I've played a lot of Monster Hunters. I'm I I was like, okay, yeah, this is a good Monster Hunter, but it it didn't feel exciting enough mm. to stick with me when I wasn't playing it. I enjoy it mm. while I'm playing it, but I don't think about it much outside do, of that.
2: Do remakes count? The Shadow of the Colossus remake was was. Yeah,
0: I I, I think that, that, that certainly can count.
2: Count as a top five possibly by the end of the year.
0: <laughs> I can tell you one that certainly won't be a game of the year contender. This is a Oh fun news story from this week uh, Another story of Steam Having zero like Quality control going on On their service A game called Shadow Treachery cannot be tolerated Was sold for £1.69 this week on Steam And when it was released It was an empty folder mm-hmm. You literally just purchased An empty folder No .exe file No, no files of any kind It was an empty folder for £1.69. This isn't the
1: first time this has happened on Steam. This has happened many times (laughs) that they've they've shipped without fucking executable files. Um, I was surprised this one got more attention than any of the others. Um, Because I've discovered a fair few myself over the years... Um, maybe it's because this is the first hmm. one to get noticed since I, uh, Steam Direct happened. I,
0: I think, th- and I know that yeah. they said
1: they checked their games to make sure they worked, and yeah. that was the only sort of real approval process they had. And they don't even have yeah. that working. So I was going to say
0: that's that's one of the things is that you know the, the move to Steve Di- Steam Direct and showing that that hasn't stopped this happening. On top of that, like there were a few extenuating circumstances with this one that made it more concerning. Um, previously, when it's happened, it's usually been developers who have at least some internet presence, so you could like they'll go, "Oh yeah, I, I'm aware of the problem. I will fix it asap." Sorry, mistake made, or something like that. This particular developer had no website and no Twitter and no contact information, and mm. as such, people were like, "Oh." Not only is there no files, there's no way to contact this person And because there's no game, you can't have any playtime Which means you can't leave a negative review on Steam Which meant that like no one could warn in the Steam reviews This is an empty game, do not buy it God, it's almost like Steam is inherently flawed in a myriad ways (laughs) Yeah, it almost is like that (laughs) So that it, almost. Yeah. It's, um, it's it's not exactly a new example, but it was just an example of yep, yep, that's still happening on Steam. Yeah, just
1: remind to everyone Steam's still a fucking shit circus. Yeah.
0: It it took about 48 hours uh for the game to eventually have like no statement of like oh it's coming, don't worry, I'm fixing it. 48 hours or so later, okay, there's game files now. It's a really shit game. Yeah. Um yeah, yeah, from what I've seen, like, even though it's working now, it's it's still dreadful. Um, uh, it, it tells you a lot when like I had to explain to my editor when I was writing about this. I took one of the official screenshots off of the Steam page to use as our header image, and my editor was like, uh, can you can you redo this image? It's cropped really it, it's cropped really <laughs> weirdly in the CMS and it's like, No, that's how it looks on the Steam page. It's a weird mm-hmm. crop on someone's torso and legs. But, uh, yeah. yeah many
1: games on Steam, like the screenshots, if they even have them, uh, are fucking god awful. Like, people with so little artistic ability, they can't even get good screenshots together and still expect us to think they've got enough artistry to make and sell a, a professional game product. Uh, it's unbelievable. Um, I've taken it upon myself to start trying to find good games on there. Um, I've got a couple games downloaded uh, I've tried a little bit of. I've tried a little bit of uh, Where the Water Tastes Like Wine, Mm. which is a a very heavily story-driven adventure game. uh, So far, uh, I've only played like half an hour of it so far, but it seems like it's going interesting places. Uh, You're basically walking around a map of America, and you're listening to stories and talking to people and you you gather these stories and collect them and get to positions where you can retell the stories to give them life and your job is to find real stories not just embellished ones and have them take on some life of their own and meaning um it's very interesting weird little adventure game Um, But I've got that downloaded, tried that I played a little bit of Deep Rock Galactic this morning Which is like a four player Co-op Mining slash first person shooter Mm. game Uh, That's in early access That's pretty promising what little I've played of that Um, And I played a game called Squidlet, Which I did a video of Which was uh, a Game Boy Game Boy style (laughs) game Um, They're the interesting stories now Like it used to be interesting to cover the shit on Steam but shit on Steam is now the standard. Like you can't, you 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 will trip over and find half a dozen um, like asset flips on any given day. They stop being remarkable. Uh, it it it's now a lot more rewarding and challenging to find good games that literally nobody's heard of because they can't. Because going on the new releases page is. Like, it's looking at a flood yeah, and trying to pick out individual drops of water in the flood. And using the algorithms means just a lot of games, good and bad, will get buried. Yeah. Because, I mean, my algorithms, I can't use the recommended stuff because it's just giving me shite. <laughs> because I've covered just so much Steam stuff in general and so much Steam stuff in general is shite. Um, And and like I say we're at this point now Where where companies are trying to get their own Games pirated just so Someone will look at it
0: Yeah. Uh, There's a few Interesting things I've seen recently Like one that's not coming out to the end of this Year but I played a demo of recently is one Called Before I Forget which is A narrative adventure game About a woman living with dementia And it's one of those sort of uh, gone home type explorer house Interact with objects things but it's trying To contextually piece together a life From disjointed Contextless memories It's a really interesting looking one Like there are interesting games around It's just a case of finding The things because there are just so many Games everywhere Yeah uh, Is that a good place for us to start wrapping up? I think. I think so, i got to make a, a call Anyway yeah, I think uh, we've done a good hour or so of, of
1: chatting Good quality video game chat People could be happy with all of that And yeah. Laura If they haven't had enough <gasps> Where can they find
0: more stuff where you do chats and talk about games and things? More stuff where I do chat and games and things. Uh, you can find me yeah. at Laura K Buzz most places on the internet, Laura K Buzz on Twitter, Laura K Buzz on YouTube. Uh, you can also find me Monday to Friday, 9 to 5, at kotaku.co.uk. Uh, I wrote an article I was really happy with about Celeste this week. Uh, it was called, let me find the title, How Celeste Nurtures Player Skill. Uh, that's on kotaku.co.uk. Go give that a look. Other than that I do a podcast called Queer and Pleasant Strangers Where I talk about like things that are not video games And do silly voices and skits with Jane, Jane Eris Magnet uh, I'm also on Dice Funk Which is a weekly Dungeons and Dragons real play podcast So go check those out Cool
1: cool And Gavin you are a an accomplished musician I think it's very safe to say
2: Except when, How can except when it get comes to proof? guitar solos <laughs>
1: Except when it comes to guitar stylos. Um, how, how can people listen to you playing the guitar and doing a singing?
2: You can find me on YouTube under Miracle of Sound. You can find me on Twitter at Miracle of Sound. You can support me on Patreon under the same name. And I recently made some, uh, finally made some Spotify playlists. So if you search for Miracle of Sound on Spotify... Uh, You'll find me there as well. Ooh. And I looked up I looked up my numbers for Spotify for the first time ever. And actually, it's doing pretty good over there. Doing pretty good. Doing about 200,000 a month, which is apparently very good. Nice, nice, so, uh, nice. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Thanks to everyone who is listening.
1: So cool. Um, yeah, I did see you make the Spotify playlist. Mm. So I, I did retweet your main one. Nice, um, nice. Because... Yeah, that's good stuff. It's funny. He
2: does good songs, listeners. You should listen to him. Espe- especially with YouTube being it is being the way it is. I mean, the bulk of my views still hugely come from YouTube. I mean, yeah. I get like twenty times more views on YouTube than Spotify. That's a de facto monopoly for you. Yeah, exactly. But uh, yeah, Spotify is a good, a better option for people on the move and stuff. So you can find me there as well.
1: Okay. Okay. Um, I guess that's it. All that remains to be said is thank you all for uh, listening. Um, we're doing a lot more impressions on the YouTube channel lately. Uh, if you want to keep an eye on that. We looked at Past Cure and Hunt Down the Freeman. Two terrible, terrible games. Uh, but I am trying to look for more positive uh, good stuff. So mm. I'm in the process. I'm not taking requests because <laughs> I, get, I get fucking inundated sometimes.
2: I know that um, feeling.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. It, I, I tried to nip that shit in the bud right quick when I mentioned I was looking at good stuff. I'm like, that doesn't mean I'm... I'm looking for suggestions. It means I've got stuff that is good that I'm looking at. Um, I know you s- don't do
2: requests, but you should do.
1: <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, so I don't need any help on that front. But uh, Otherwise, thank you all for listening. Thank you all for your continued support. And we will see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.